Thanks for listening to Marketing B2B Tech, the podcast from Napier, where you can find out what really works in B2B marketing today. Welcome to Marketing B2B Technology, the podcast from Napier. Today, I'm joined by Abby Gadara. Abby is the founder and CEO of an AI product called Writer. Welcome to the podcast, Abby. Thanks for having me, Mike. So it's great to have you on. I mean, I, I'm interested to learn about Writer, but first, you know, can you tell me a bit about your career journey and how you got to the point where you decided to found Writer? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like uh, most good things in life, uh, nothing is like a linear path, I guess, to where you get to today. But I started my career as a professional consultant working in London in one of the big four companies uh, back in 2007-8. did that for about five years, mostly in uh, strategy consulting, a bit of private equity uh, work as well. And then uh, I moved into a startup space in, uh, pretty much for the last 10 years. That's where I've been working in. Started as an early stage investor in one of the leading seed funds in India. Worked with more than 50 startups, 150 founders across product, marketing, fundraising, growth, you know, you name it, all those areas where founders need help. And then uh, started my own sort of venture studio based out of Valley, uh, late 2015-16. And that's where I've been dabbling with a lot of homegrown ideas, incubating quite a few product companies, mostly SaaS companies over the years. You know, some I would say outright failures, uh, a couple of moderate successes and a few home runs. So uh, that's how pretty much the journey has been over the years. But yeah, you know, it's it's my passion to work with entrepreneurs who are, uh, you know, solving big problems with their uh, innovative ideas. So that's basically uh, what I love doing. That's awesome. And I love the fact you've done this in different countries. So uh, I, th- <laughs> I think that international view is really interesting. Sure. Absolutely. So... You founded Writer. I mean, Writer is an AI tool to help people write, unsurprisingly. And uh, if anyone's listening, it's spelled R-Y-T-R. So uh, that's the product. What inspired you to build a tool to um, do AI-generated written content? Yeah, that's a great question, Mike. So as an entrepreneur, you know, I've always found content generation to be a pain, especially when you're a small team that is just starting up. And it's, it's a fact that many startups and professionals fail because they don't possess effective marketing and copywriting skills. Um, and moreover, a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, potentially give up on the idea uh, due to the overwhelming nature of content creation. And I've been in the AI space, you know, for the last five years, uh, started working on a chatbot platform for influencers and creators, which, you know, scaled to millions of users at one point. But uh, we didn't have the technology like ChatGPT at that time, right? Or GPT at that time. So when GPT-3 came out, I think this was back in 2020, you know, so uh, we realized the potential of this technology and the market it could risk. You know, copywriting, creative writing was one of the first use cases which kind of emerged uh, from this, uh, this tool. So we looked around, evaluated some existing writing tools, and we were not the first ones in the market. We were definitely in the first, you know, few players, you know, who who built something like this. But uh, there were other players out there. But we found the experience very frustrating. Tools were delivering, you know, subpar outputs. It was very overwhelming in terms of uh, UX and UI. There was a lot of cognitive overload for users to get started. So at that point, we decided, okay, let's give the market what it deserves an intuitive AI writing assistant, which offered the best quality of output at a very sort of fair price. So although we were slightly late to the party, but with limited resources and small team, we launched in April, I think, 2021. And since then, we haven't looked back. Currently, we are serving close to, I think, 5 million customers globally with uh, almost perfect ratings pretty much everywhere. 
and recognized as one of the market leaders in the space. So yeah, that's that's been uh, kind of a journey that we've had over the last couple of years. I, that's a huge number of, uh, of users, and I'd like to go back to that. But first, I think it, it might be worth for some of the, the less technical listeners. You talked about ChatGPT and you talked about GPT-3. Can you explain what the difference is and, and uh, the technology that actually underpins Writer? Yeah, so, I mean, technology is pretty much like if you go to the really fundamental you know, level, the technology is called a transformer models. It's called BERT, which was pioneered by Google back in, I think, 2017-18. So all the uh, sort of uh, future evolutions that you've seen in terms of GPT-1, 2, 3, 3.5, and now chat GPT is based on that underlying principles and uh, I would say model, language model, so to say. So that's pretty much, I think, powering all the applications, AI writing applications that you see around you. So ChatGPT is just an evolution of ChatGPT3, which was like one of the, I would say, more mainstream models, which uh, which a lot of AI writing companies started using, you know, back starting from 2020 uh, till the end of last year. And uh, GPT3.5 or ChatGPT, as they call it's just a more refined, sophisticated version trained on even bigger data sets than, than its predecessor. So that's essentially, you know, the difference between the two. So obviously it's, it's trained on more data, it's more powerful, it can give more sort of, uh, I would say, better outputs, higher quality outputs uh, than its previous versions. But yeah, the underlying nature of the technology language model is still the same. And I think we've all, you know, played with ChatGPT and been been impressed by its ability to communicate in what feels like very natural English. But but I'm interested, you know, you're obviously using, you know, this model to build a tool that's specifically for writing. So what are you doing differently to what's been done, for example, in ChatGPT to make it, you know, better suited to writing blog posts or adverts? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we we have our own sort of training data, and this is what we have refined over the last couple of years. You know, again, with ChatGPT or any other sort of piece of AI writing technology, it's, you know, the basic principle of garbage in, garbage out is still true. Uh, so if you, if you just throw some random inputs or sort of ill-defined prompts, you know, the output that you might get is probably less than optimal, right? So we do a lot of pre-formatting, you can see, at the input level and, you know, post-formatting at the output level to make sure the the output is uh, aligned to the intended use case. So if it is a social media post, blog post, you know, your job descriptions or songwriting, anything, uh, there is a level of, uh, I would say, intervention that we have to do from our end to make sure the output is customized. The second thing is the reliability of ChatGPT, like the, the UX, the UI, whole sort of experience of people getting used to it. You know, it takes a little bit of time in the absence of uh, any sort of uh, education. So that's where we have created this very seamless interface, very easy to use, navigate, so folks can get started immediately, right, without having to uh, learn the ABC of, uh, you know, uh, AI copywriting uh, techniques. So I think that those are two things we've done. So we have abstracted away all the complexity that uh, users have to go through to understand and use this technology. And two, obviously, making sure that the use cases are aligned to the sort of intended uh, uh, needs of the end users. And the third is obviously, you know, pricing and the value for money aspect. So we are still one of the most, uh, I would say, uh, value for money products out there in this space. And that's how we've kept the whole proposition very, very uh, oriented towards, you know, early stage users, smaller teams, you know, who do not have uh, necessarily have uh, the bandwidth and maybe the budget to, to go for like, uh, uh, you know, more expensive solutions out there. I think that's that's a really interesting point. I mean, you're giving people quite a lot because, 
you know, you talked about the underlying data, you're adding extra data. So so your product understands adverts better than maybe ChatGPT does. But you're also, you know, almost providing this structure, this kind of wizard to help you create content. So I I mean, what are your, your users really looking for? Is it the quality is it improving the speed of generation of content or, or you know what's really driving the way that you're introducing features for the product yeah i think i think it's a bit of both actually so i think if you if you mm-hmm. just say okay well it's about speed of content creation with compromising the quality i don't think it works you know people want everything you know they want faster content generation higher quality output at a very affordable price point right so uh, you have to take all those boxes and uh, you know luckily in our case we have uh, we've been doing all three of them at the same time so you know things like uh, just the document management the workflow management again going back to the point that we abstract away all the complexity so you can as a writer you have to not just create content but you have to manage the content as well so creating documents uh you know sharing those documents downloading that content managing your team allowing your team members access seeing the analytics history all that stuff is what you need if you're running a a proper business right and those are the things which you cannot expect in a standalone or sort of uh chat gpd kind of platform which is more geared towards let's say just casual use cases and you know end users uh, who are not necessarily interested into those kind of workflow management tools so we provide that suite of uh, uh, you know features so that uh, users can get the maximum value but at the same time they can create really high quality content with uh, the least amount of time it takes to to get there so yeah so you know we have to balance out between those things we are constantly adding features which can improve that workflow management for smaller teams, freelancers, agencies, and of course, keeping an eye on how can we improve the quality of output, you know, every day, even if it's like 0.1% improvement, we try to make sure, you know, those uh, interventions are added so that the quality gets better over time. So it's a compounding effect. And I mean, presumably, one of the biggest challenges you face is where you see a lot of AI generated content, you, you can begin to feel it, particularly from something like ChatGPT, you just get a sense that it's not a real human. So uh, what are you doing to really develop the product to make it feel much more human when people are reading the output? Exactly. So I think this is more of a philosophical question, Mike, and that's a, that's a good point you raise because as a company, as a team, as a product from day one, our philosophy has been we don't want to encourage content factories to be built on top of these AI writing platforms. You know, the world doesn't need more content. It needs better content uh, and, and more curated content. So uh, if, you, if you look at how it works on Writer, when you play around with the tool, you will notice that we don't mindlessly allow people to generate content by pressing like just, uh, you know, keep writing, keep writing kind of button. It only takes in a limited amount of input and then gives out a certain amount of output so that people can review the outputs when they come out and they can edit and then refine it as they go along. So it's not like you press a button, you have like a 5,000 word blog post ready for you to be published. And I think that's where a lot of people are getting it wrong. I mean, unless you spend time, effort in reviewing and refining the outputs, it will feel very mechanical in nature in some shape or form. The second thing we do is uh, we provide a lot of these granular controls. Like uh, we have a feature called readability score, which uh, gives you the idea of how readable the content is. Uh, 
second is we have an inbuilt plagiarism checker as well. So you can check the authenticity of the content. So you can just select any piece of uh, text and then run it through our plagiarism checker. It will tell you whether uh, it has any piece of you know, copied content or references that you can edit. So we give all these controls. And again, this is this is what this is something which chat GPT or any other tool won't provide, uh, you know, out of the box. Right. So all these things make the content writing experience much more, I would say, emotional and practical uh, for the real world use cases. It's interesting. I mean, what, what you're describing is a product that's, that's not really designed to to write content, but to accelerate that content writing. And I think, you know, it, it, it's really interesting you talk about plagiarism. I think a lot of brands are going to be very worried about plagiarism with, with AI. I mean, certainly some of the early AI generative text that we've seen has, has had plagiarism in it and has caused a lot of problems. I think CNET got into a lot of trouble recently, didn't they? Right, right. And yeah, again, I think you have to make that clear to the end users and you have to give them the right tools so that they can address those things as they go along. So I think it's ultimately the responsibility of the platform to encourage you know, the right kind of writing behavior, I would say. And I mean, another thing I think that, that people are concerned about is where um, you know, AI-generated content has um, data or facts inserted by the AI and whether the AI is actually correct or not. And I know, you know, Google recently ran an ad where they actually had something that was wrong. <laughs> so, you know, I, I'm intrigued to know. I mean, Sam Altman, uh, you know, said that, that ChatGPT wasn't designed to be right. Are, are you doing things to try and make the, the output factually correct? Or do you see that as being something where really, because it's somebody producing it for a project, it, it should be driven by the human and the human should be driving those uh, facts and information? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, so like, again, I mean, we encourage people to use it as a you know, creative writer's block uh, kind of tools to end the writer's block. But at the same time, you know, when you get the content out, there is no guarantee that it will be 100%, you know, factually correct. So we encourage users to spend some time cross-checking the facts and stats which are thrown at them. And, you know, again, that is, this is part of some of the training that we do, like uh, on, on our side, uh, uh, the, the, you know, the prompt engineering, so to say, is to avoid throwing exact or specific numbers as much as possible and leave that task to the end user so they can decide what is the best stat or number or figure that can fit into that particular piece of content. But inevitably, you will come across cases where still AI would probably you know, generate on its own some of the stats, which could be fake. So we encourage users to review. And that's another reason why we ask them to you know, go through things you know, with a fine tooth comb to make sure there are no sort of random figures. And the one thing which we're working on internally is called Fact Checker. So we are trying to work on you know, these tools and features uh, which can allow users to fact check some of the numbers which are thrown by AI or generated by AI. So that could potentially uh, really address this issue big time. That's interesting. I love the, I love the fact check idea. I think a lot of people would feel uh, you know reassured if there was some degree of checking you know what what's claimed in an article. I mean, another interesting um, challenge I, th- I think people have is that when you're using AI, the AI is is fundamentally trained on a, a, a training set and kind of produces the average of, of of what the training set is. Are you looking to you know, somehow train the AI on the very best marketing material, the very best blog post. Is, is that something that people in the AI sector are trying to do? Or is it all about volume of content? I think that's an interesting question. So yeah, I mean, we, you know, some of the copywriting use cases that we have, we try to give those best, you know, kind of best practices, so to say the swipe file kind of examples, uh, so the AI can produce content, which is aligned with that uh, 
that, that sort of uh, examples and samples we have shown. But still, there is a high probability that it will just uh, generate based on the, the learnings it has had, you know, based on the underlying data set. So uh, it's difficult, but again, you know, with a lot of uh, fine tuning, a lot of examples that you can provide, it obviously gets better and follows the guidelines that you have provided and tries to stick to, you know, those kind of examples. One of our sort of uh, uh, sister companies, Smith, they have a very unique approach to addressing this issue where they only work with like bigger companies, enterprises, instead of taking their existing content and trying to fine tune the AI models. So the content that is generated is very customized to their brand, their voice, their sort of product and uh, description uh, that is already out there. So, so yeah, so there are ways to do it. Uh, but again, we want it to be a little more open-ended and uh, less, I would say, one particular brand or sort of use case focused. What, one of the things I'm interested in, you know, just moving on to some of the applications, is there an area you think that, that generative AI today is doing really well? I mean, do you think, you know, using a tool like Writer is best for, you know, short form social media posts, for ads or for blogs? I mean, where do you think it really shines? I think, you know, you've hit the nail on the head. Like when you say, you know, creative writing, content writing, I would say, and, and I think that's what uh, Sama was alluding to maybe in the quotes that you mentioned. It's, it's not meant to be like 100% factually correct. It's meant to remove that writer's block that you face uh, in your creative uh, content uh, generation process. So if you're writing blogs, if you're coming up with video ideas or ad ideas or social media posts, I think that's where AI could really help you as an assistant to throw new ideas, new sort of direction of thinking, uh, you know, so to say. And I think that's where it really excels. So whether it is text generation or image generation or any sort of uh, similar things, I think it really opens up new possibilities in terms of ideas that you can explore as a copywriter or a content writer. So that's where it excels. So I wouldn't expect it to write novels end-to-end, fully formatted, you know, completely factually accurate. I don't think that's the intended use case, at least as of now. You should think of it more as a tool in our repository to sort of uh, just uh, get rid of that writer's block and come up with new angles to write about or think about. I think think that's really interesting. I mean, you know, looking at it as a, a tool to help the writers today is fascinating. I mean, some people are almost saying, you know, writing is dead, it's all going to be AI. And clearly you believe that writers have a lot of value to add. I mean, how do you see AI changing over the next five years? I mean, do you think it's going to get dramatically better or have we seen a big jump in performance and now it's maybe going to hit a bit of a plateau? I think you can probably see some of it, uh, the possibilities already in front of you, right? I think that the vision of AGI it doesn't feel very far-fetched now with how the technology is evolving. I, I think the use cases will emerge in other industries as well. So I think what we have seen is just barely, you know, scratching the surface in terms of content generation. But I think where you will see more of it being used is other day-to-day tasks. So things like predictive analytics, you know, doing tasks on your behalf, automating a lot of internal tooling in a company, answering, uh, you know, questions on your side. So these are things where maybe, you know, content creation or new ideas are less of a use case, but more about, you know, how AI can actually do tasks, different kind of tasks uh, in, in a much better simplified and efficient way uh, for a variety of use cases. I think that's what I'll see more. I mean, I think we'll see more of over the next five years. 
whether we'll, we'll, we'll get to see that dystopian world some people have, uh, you know, probably envisioned is, is yet to be, I think it's still, it's still far-fetched and I don't think uh, we'll, we'll get there. Uh, it's a new piece of technology which we should embrace, try to embed it in different parts of, uh, of our lifestyle and different tools that we use. And that's how I think it will become over the next five years, just like an invisible piece of technology, you know, there to help you and guide you. And a lot of new kind of categories of jobs and skills will emerge. Uh, so I think some of the concerns are overblown. Some of the potential, you know, I would say impact is also overblown, maybe in the dystopian sense. But, you know, I think we have to use it wisely and use it for the right use cases. I think it can be a really powerful piece of tech. I, I, I'm pretty interested. I mean, the, the way you talk about this, it's all about, you know, speeding up that process of generating content. I mean, do, do you... Do you have a number or a, a guide as to how much quicker someone could write, say, a blog post if they've got support from, from a product like Writer versus, um, you know, trying to do it all themselves or, or an ad or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, funnily, actually, we, we've had a tool on our website, like homepage from pretty much the early days when we launched. And this is this is exactly what we went, you know. Uh, it's just an indicative sort of assessment of how much time and uh, money you can save with a tool like Writer. Uh, so it basically takes in the number of words you write. And we have some sort of logic in the background which tries to calculate, okay, if you write this much content, then you're probably spending this much time. And you know each hour of your time is probably this much uh, uh, in dollar amount, right, on average. So that gives us a sense of how much money and time you are saving by using a platform like Writer based on how many words you, you write. So it's there right on the website. In fact, one of the stats we show when you land on it is how much time and money people have potentially saved uh, by using a platform like Writer. That's awesome. And I think, you know, I, I do feel sorry for, for people who, who are, you know, writers as a job because traditionally they, they've had very little investment in them i mean you know you buy them a word processor and that's it and so it must be fairly easy to show massive roi you don't have to improve speed that much to to get value from a tool like writer i think it's fascinating right right and you know again just touching upon that i think i think if anything it'll have a positive impact on the content creation process as well so you know i firmly believe that people with highly I would say sought after skills or people who are really good at what they do, whether it is copywriting, blog writing, or just coding or anything for that matter, they, they would probably benefit from this because now you can probably appreciate their value even more. But I think some of the middle management and mediocre skills are like, you know, just people writing content for the sake of it, nothing original, nothing, uh, you know, inspiring. I think they will probably have a hard time because that can easily be replaced by something like, uh, you know, uh, GPT, for example, or AI can do it for you. So I think it becomes important to upskill yourself if you are one of those sort of, uh, you know, middle layers to try to, you know, get to get to, I would say, more close to the client requirements, uh, understanding the, the end user personas and writing content, which is really authentic and original and inspiring, uh, which is good for overall, I, I would say, uh, for the whole space, uh, marketing space. I really like that positive view of things. I think it's uh, it's good to see that if AI is producing, you know, as output fairly average content, if you're above average, you're going to be more valuable. Exactly. Um, so if you upskill yourself, I think I think that's great. 
We like to ask a, a, a couple of more general questions. So it's really interesting. I mean, you're on the forefront of some massive change in marketing in terms of bringing AI to marketing. If a young person was thinking of marketing as a career, would you advise that? Or having you know seen a lot of startups and work with them, would you advise them to do something different? No, absolutely. I think I think even more so. I would encourage them even more so now with this technology because, like I said, if you're really a champion of your skill, then I think your value is going to go up even with this piece of technology. And if you know how to use this tech to your benefit, then it is even manifold, the impact that you can create. So I would definitely encourage. I think I always believe that the first principles, the fundamental needs never change. You know, marketing is still marketing. You need to put content out there. You need to target certain people with that content and you need to sell the solution, right? So the best bit of marketing advice I think I got was don't think of it as a marketing, you know, as a different function. It should be an extension of what you're doing, like a product you're selling. So the best marketing is something which doesn't come across as marketing. It comes across as educational. Uh, it comes across as helpful and just as an extension of what you're actually selling and making money on. So I think that skill is still going to be even more valued uh, going forward with the, with the AI. And I think if you know uh, your way around using AI, then you will be even better positioned going forward. So, you know, keep at it, I would say. That, that's great advice. I, I mean, I'm sure people listening to this will be quite excited and, and you know, pleased to hear that actually writers there to, to help them rather than to replace them. If they wanted to try writer, how would they get a chance to, to actually use the product and experiment with it? Yeah, absolutely. So we, again, we take pride in being one of the most seamless and easiest way to get started uh, with the AI writing uh, you know, space. So just go to our website, writer.me, um, you know, and start writing. You'll see an easy to sign up process. Just sign up with any of your social accounts or email accounts. And then as soon as you're inside, you can just start generating content for a variety of use cases. We offer a very sort of healthy, I would say, free plan so you don't have to put any of your payment information you can generate up to 10,000 characters uh, and use all the features that we offer pretty much and if you need extra credits then you can sign up to our saver plan which is again very very generous just nine dollars a month and you can generate uh, up to 100,000 characters and some images as well and then if you really want to uh, up your game then we have an unlimited plan which is 29 dollars a month for uh, yeah and you can generate as much as you want so it's, it's fairly easy to get started. Yeah, and I think most people, if, if they're like me, they've, they've sat down, tried to write something and been faced with a blank page and writer's block. You know, that, that sort of pricing is pretty cheap to avoid that pain. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And, and yeah, and that, that's why I think it's such a lifesaver for a lot of people because, you know, you, you get tons of value for the money that you're spending. There's a lot of value you're getting from a tool-like writer. Abby, I, I really appreciate you've been a, a great guest. I, if people listening to this would like, you know, more information or get, get hold of you, what would be the best way to reach you? I mean, you can connect with me on LinkedIn or you can just drop me an email at abhi at writer.me. That would probably be the easiest way to get in touch with me directly. And yeah, you can follow me on Twitter as well. Abhi uh, underscore underscore Godara is my handle. So if there's anything I can help you with, uh, with the AI writing space, using Writer or anything else, just feel free to reach out to me, please. That's that's very kind. And, and thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast. I really appreciate it, Abby. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate you having me on the show. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Marketing B2B Tech. We hope you enjoyed the episode. And if you did, please make sure you subscribe on iTunes or on your favorite podcast application. 
If you'd like to know more, please visit our website at napierb2b.com or contact me directly on LinkedIn. Thank you.